My usual co-hosts are out tonight, Bo Baker and Brady Baker. They had prior engagements that they had to tend to, and that's all right. It's 1.15 a.m. on August 7th, 2022. This is uh, kind of a late night show. You know, we're recording at uh, late night owl hours. <laughs> but today I got my dad with me, Curtis McDonough. On the brought up him with all him and his radical ideas. Yep. <laughs> My smart ideas, that is. Smarter than most, you know. <laughs> but now I figured uh, tonight I wrote down a few things. We'll, we'll do our best to stick to topics, but, you know, whatever happens on a podcast happens. <laughs> I figured first uh, I wrote down unions. And the importance of unions, because I've had some people, believe it or not, when I was on strike back in October, I mean, most people supported it, but you had your occasional asshole that was like, Mm. oh, fucking greedy union pigs, (laughs) you know, like, oh, you're just, you're going to make the cost of everything go up. It's like, no, it's. And that's the guy that's working for 11 bucks an hour and claims he, he just, he's glad to have that job. Yeah, just so grateful to have it. It's like, well, I guess we're just two different people then because I wouldn't be grateful to have an $11 an hour job. But, but no, a lot of people, there are people that are just like strongly against unions mm-hmm. because that's, I don't know if that's how they were raised. I've seen some just, right-wingers that, you know, they've never worked anything that would be unionized, construction, factory, they're always some office or Whatever, and I mean, they've just been brought up that union is bad. It's bad for everything. And the funny thing is, like I'm one, yeah, I've been in several, and I completely support union every chance I get. I uh, In construction, I will not work non-union construction. I ain't done it. I've been there. I've seen the, how many people get hurt in a good union shop, you know, because of how dangerous the work is so on the jobs that cut the corners on that and the guys oh you got to be a man well <laughs> go you be a man but i'm going home healthy today right <laughs> i'm going to have all limbs intact <laughs> but they just they're they're bound and determined that it's bad because that's what they've been told and they don't even know they have yeah. no clue where what because like uh your factory unions united food and commercial Workers, uh, UAW, uh, and your trade unions, they're two different animals, completely different animals. Because your trade unions, actually all they are in reality is a job temp service. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ultimately that's what we do. We fund ourselves. We train our people. And then the contractors that need help call into the hall, and the hall sends out. They say they need four guys. They send out four guys, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what type of contractor is, you know, it depends on how good a guys they get. But, <laughs> but. Well, if they get good workers like me, I mean, they're really lucky. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they have to be a really good contractor to get me out to them. And... I mean, yeah, there there are people. It, it, it's cool to see now, like, Amazon workers and stuff are finally 
starting to unionize. Like, mm-hmm. out in, I think it's like California or something. They're getting their first uh, union with Amazon. It's like, that's huge. That is huge. Honestly, people don't realize, but like, we're going to, like, if everybody would take these big corporations like Amazon, Walmart, and so by the balls and say, fuck you, we're unionizing. We're going to fight for uh, better, you know, even if it's slightly better pay and health care. Like, we're mm-hmm. worth it. My time and my body is worth at least that. Well, you you know? you're not as old, but you have worked with that, and you see what it's yep. just like to work with a contract. Huge Just difference. a contract. Huge difference. And so I'm not saying union uh, – I'm not saying there ain't boogers in the union. I'm not saying there ain't problems when you're in a factory union or, I mean, it's no different. I mean, there's favoritism, there's nepotism. They have all the same problem, but the thing is you have a contract. Yep. Uh, What they can and can't do, Mm. you can and can't, it doesn't change. You know, it's set in stone. Yeah, if you go by the contract, like, you're safe, you're good. Well, it's not even, but it's what how it has to run to where we don't just change it tomorrow. Where we always say, "Oh, we'll never force you to work Sunday," and then, well, guys, guess what? Twelve hour Sunday. I don't care how religious, you know, how Catholic or well, Seventh Day Advents. They're Saturday, but some of them, boy, they had had problems that up in Vermeer with all the mandatory Saturdays, but they had some diehard seven day Advents that they won't yeah. work it. <laughs> they won't yeah. work Saturday. Well, that's the cool thing about a contract, though. Like, you sign an agreement. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm agreeing. Like, you, okay, for instance, my contract, it's like, you know, I'll show up for the scheduled hours. They can offer overtime. You can take it or not. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm agreeing that I will show up contractually for, the, you know, my 40 hours, my scheduled hours, even if it's 10 hours that week. But also at the same time, like, it – it protects you from a lot of, uh, like, fuckery, I guess you'd mm-hmm. say. Because, uh, like, favoritism, they, can't, nepotism. They, can't, they can only work you contractually mm-hmm. three Saturdays in a row, mandatory. You have to do it by contract. But every fourth Saturday, they got to give you off. So, it, it, even little things like that. And, like I said, I've got lucky this year because, I mean, we live in a piss-poor economy now and can't get parts on time. So, it's like... Most of the time, we're just scheduled eight offered, you know, 10 or 12 hours overtime. And they really don't schedule us any Saturdays because we don't, you know, we don't have the parts to get through a week. But I've got kind of lucky on that part. But at the same time, it's like you're not going to make as much money either. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are big on that. What some people don't understand, too, the company is part of that bargaining when they when we write that contract, you know they negotiate yeah. on their end too. It's not like the union; everything in that contract is us. Yeah, I mean the company has things that protect them. Yeah, it's and, a it's a back and forth the whole way. It's and, a, it's not just oh us workers going on strike and, demanding this against mm-hmm. the company. No, the company like we sit down in meetings and negotiate. Mm-hmm. It's a business deal on both ends, you know. It's not just these union people out there being dicks, yeah. like, oh, we want more money. That's, no, that's we sign contracts that say you can only strike if, you know, these certain things are met. And there is virtually, uh, in the modern era, since I would say 80s or 90s, 
I haven't seen a contract that I've been part of that we didn't have a no strike clause to where right. if the contract is not up, there's only a handful of legitimate reasons that it's not like we can just all of a sudden get mad, go out and all be holding sign. We have to have permission from the international, yep. which they're not going to give. Right. I mean, it's why do you think you never you don't hear of wildcat strikes anymore? That's what they used to call the wildcat strike, to where they didn't ask the internationals just they, they just felt did. something something was violated in the contract, so the hall told everybody get outside and hold the sign. Yeah. <laughs> so like the whole thing is the contract. It, it, that's the whole thing is the contract like mm-hmm. you it's written in stone basically it like protects them on that yeah and i mean it benefits both both parties honestly like i said it's an agreement you know it's debated upon and they go back and forth lawyer to lawyer and they we end up with a you know a contract that benefits us both equally in mm-hmm. a way but you know like this last October, they threw us out a first contract, and we already, you know, we we already knew they were gonna try to lowball us, just mm-hmm. give us nothing. They gave us like a five percent raise over six years, and they didn't want to update like cola cost of living adjustment, and they didn't want to bump nothing else. It's like, I would, I'd literally six years from now, I'd be losing a lot of fucking money mm-hmm. compared to when I started. It's it's like no. It, that's not reasonable. That's not fair, especially when you have a company making uh, record profit that year. You know, six point eight billion dollars, and then they they don't even want to keep up with the uh, cost of living adjustment and inflation. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like we were fighting for a five dollar raise. We weren't. We were just we wanted what was fair, what was reasonable. We said for the next six years. As inflation goes up, just make sure our pay stays up with inflation. That's all we asked. That and then like 5% or I think, yeah, it was a 5% up front. It's like the littlest things. And you got to consider, you know, your CEO's making fucking, I can't remember how many millions. I don't want to put a number, but it was in the millions. Oh, yeah. Just on a bonus, you know, they, they didn't have to negotiate that. Just Gave it to them. Oh, yeah, here's millions of dollars. But then they mm. they want to fight tooth and nail over every nickel and dime on the working man. It's like, dude, we're not even asking for a hellacious raise or anything. We just want what's fair. Like, make make it worth my time showing up and working this hard. Make it worth it at the very least. Let me pay my bills. Let me get groceries. Like, Well, and then the, the one that got me is even when I was there, they would always at least throw it out there. I mean, we would tell them it, it's a do-or-die issue. It's one we will not negotiate was our health coverage. Yep. Because it was 100% coverage, and that's what yep. – because it's – if you understand the what they call total package, mm-hmm. when you're bidding your total package, right. it's rather than conceal it, like uh, with the trade unions, we just bid and we say, all right, it's X amount of dollars for us. And then we vote amongst the union how much of that goes to health care, how much goes to pension. And it's amongst ourselves, so it's just a total dollar to where with a lot of non-union shops, they'll hide it. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, oh, we gave you a raise, but you got to pay more on your copay, so you yeah. got nothing. So you, got you nothing. didn't. So you got nothing. Yeah, they're going to raise the cost but, of your insurance. But-, but overwhelmingly, of the people that were there, because some of them, just because it was the best-paying job, like you've been in there now, 
Some of it sucks. I mean, they suck oh, yeah. to work for. Yeah. You know, their vacation is atrocious. Because yeah, you got to be there for, what, 12 years before you get a vacation that you call your own. Otherwise, yeah. it's two weeks of it's got to be when they decide they yeah. take vacation. Well, and now this last contract, this was like a big deal. And it kind of is, but like now they can, they still give you your two weeks, but they can't mandate both of your two weeks, only mm-hmm. one of them. So they can, That's new. I mean, that's yeah, new. That, that's his past contract. That vacation. That's been for like 50 years. That's the way yeah. it's been before that. And you get so, two weeks vacation, but it's when John Deere goes on shutdown. Mm-hmm. It's when they say. Yeah. And we argue, we're like, okay, let us use at least part of our vacation. Yeah. When we want to use it. Yeah. And, and that's and, that's one of the agreements on the contract that's like, it's a big deal to us, to other well, people yeah. it might not be, but it's it's a big fucking deal well, at John Deere. It, it really it is. It was like it was because of shutdowns or some other deals. It was like when we went out to Colorado, you know, when it was always in August whenever mm-hmm. they had their vacation shutdown. I was there. Well, we went to Colorado in December to go skiing and stuff. You know, if I if I want to do, you know, a skiing trip or maybe an Alaskan hunting trip, August ain't doing me no damn good. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's that's part of what we argued for is we're like, okay, let's meet in the middle. Let's mm-hmm. be fair. We get two weeks, a week. Let us use it when we want to use it, and the other week you can tell us when to use it. You know, shut down is this week. You have to use a week of your vacation then, but your other week, you can take it. You know, day uh, individual mm-hmm. days at a time. It's almost like PVD in a way now. Yeah, well, well then, half of it. You know? I mean, to where at least like non-union shops a lot of times. They'll offer, offer, offer like leave of absence or something to where it's unpaid, but you can just take time off. Yeah. But to where a lot of your union shops, you can't. Yeah, you'll have to be on some form of like FMLA or something. But overwhelmingly, it was the insurance. Mm. What ninety percent of the people said they would stay at John Deere for. That's what they. I mean, yes, they they're there for money too. But they said the reason they're choosing John Deere over someone else was the insurance first. And they go after that every year when they don't realize that's the biggest thing that the when they're competing with these other, I mean, there's a bunch of them. I mean, some of them are good size with Vermeer. Yeah. Um, Weiler's getting getting up there. I mean, it'd be another 20 years before I'd call them a force. But where Vermeer's almost a force, um even though it's a different type of reduction, um, Pelicorp, I mean, Pelicorp, way, way above, uh, the where you're competing with other employers around here that take the entry level or, you know, factory level employees. And that's to, re- to get those employees and retain them. Their biggest one is insurance. And well, and that's, that's like FedEx. It's a non-union organization, but FedEx they do um, they do give like a fair wage, but their healthcare mm-hmm. it's really good healthcare. I knew a lot of people that you know they'd work there three four hours a morning before their regular job just for the healthcare. But I mean it's it actually is good healthcare, mm. but it's it's not like you know like John Deere to where you have your good health care and your good wage intertwined. Mm-hmm. But there are people that'll, that'll go work a few hours a morning, you know, at a job just to have good health care. And 
I mean, if it pays kids, off, it pays off. You got kids in the house, you got to have it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no way around it. You got to have it somehow. Yeah. That was one of the things on our last contract that we, one of our things was don't touch our health care. Don't make mm-hmm. any changes to it. Like, just leave it alone. Like, we'll call it a neutral area. Just nobody, nobody benefits one way or the other. Like, we'll just keep it the same. We're like, we'll still pay our co-pays, you know, because that was in the previous contract before that, like the co-pays. We're like, hey, we'll still pay our co-pays, but just don't mess with our health care. I mean, they're always going to try to every six years, but that was one of our biggest things there. We're like, most of your employees are here because they got free health care minus your, you know, whatever your copay is. That's a huge thing, plus a, a decent living wage. It's like you, can, you can't really tamper with one or the other too much or you're going to lose mm-hmm. a lot of your workforce. Yeah, and well, they also don't realize is, I mean, they're regulated. The unions are regulated by the National Labor Relations Board to where they have to they have to uh, bargain in good faith. They can't just say, all right, we want a $10 raise. If we want a $10 raise, we have to show you have made such a profit over a significant amount of time to justify, but they can't uh, have a walkout even uh, with no contract. There's certain areas to where um, – if that's the holdup in negotiations, you can't have a walkout. But by the same token, the company can't have a lockout either. Yeah. And but you know, they can't say they're always saying, "Oh, the greedy union guys." No, they're only allowed to ask for a maximum of a certain amount of raise. Period. No matter right. how much money you made. And that's the thing; it's not like every day we can go in there and just. Everybody sit out and not do any work and be like, no, mm. we're on strike till you give us a raise. That ain't how it works. Ooh. No, we signed a contract that said that yeah. we would not do that. And you have to work. Or, and otherwise, I mean, you will and you will be fired because they, they will. It may take them several years to get everybody replaced, but they will do it. Oh, yeah. I, I have sure. seen yep. the companies that have that said we won't bow to a walkout, yep. which is basically a wildcat strike. and. And they shouldn't because they signed a contract, good or bad, just like the women's soccer players. I mean, yeah, they put out there the where of all the other sports, the uh, they they do not only win more in the men's team, they actually put up the numbers, they get the television time, but yet they accepted way less in the contract, and they knew it, signed it, and then turn around and want to strike. Oh, it's like, no. You, you signed it. Like You signed it. You had, uh, you had the opportunity to band together. Bring that out yep. because, I mean, public opinion. That's, that was uh, another topic related to it with the unions of solidarity, and mm-hmm. I think that's why it's a, it's such an important part of union, it's solid, solidarity. Like yeah. you were saying earlier, not, only, not even just your own union – Anybody that's unionized, like if they're on strike, you mm. honor that and you stand in solidarity with them. It's like, that's my fellow working mm. man. That's my brother. That's my sister. They're out here. They're not asking for a killing. They just want to 
be treated fairly. I mean, it happens in construction to where they have the no clause. It's usually it's usually about three days. Um, but we're allowed some. We can call it a sympathy strike or something to where. You know, I'm not a pipe fitter, but if the pipe fitters are on strike, we're not going to cross their line on the sun. Uh, but we're, you know, it's usually standard a one day sympathy strike. I think you're allowed two or three before it's in the contract before they call it a walkout mm-hmm. or a wildcat to where you're on or in a strike two. And that includes a sick out. If everybody calls in sick, it's the same thing. If production workforce drops below such a percentage without a justifiable. Yep. You know, if massive power outage or something, maybe maybe not on that site, but right over here to where most of these people live and they got to stay home to protect their property or whatever. That's but one that's, thing. But, but yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of them. I don't know a person on there, but if they're on strike, if there's any way possible, I'm not crossing your line. Yep. And like I said, when we were on strike – you know, a lot of our truckers would come in and they'd just turn mm-hmm. around with an empty. They're just like, all right, we're not not going to cross your picket line. Mm-hmm. That's just like mutual respect. It's like we'd do the same for you, and that's that's mm-hmm. a huge part of you, what unions are. It's it's your fellow working man. That's the biggest majority in America. Mm-hmm. Everybody, nobody's trying to go to work to earn a killing and get fucking filthy rich. We're going to oh, work I because will, we but want. Oh, I will, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> so, right, but... I mean, at the very least, we just want to survive. We want to know we can go and go to the hospital if we have to and uh, pay our bills and have, have a little some, extra, like $100 extra to put. And have a little pension in our retirement. That's not that much to ask for. That's that's just basic human rights, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, health care and pay your bills and get by. Raise your family. Well, I think. Not healthcare getting rich, is a human but I mean, right. like, it shouldn't even be a worker's. I mean, it shouldn't even be part of our. Other than I do agree uh, to have you know, like uh, universal health care or something, you got to go to work. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying the handicapped people or something. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But if you're healthy and you ain't got no reason, the only way you get the health care is you got to go work still. Right. And that's a fair trade. You <laughs> yeah. Know, like, if you can, just go do it. Like, what else do you got to do? That's that's kind of where I've been lately. Mm. I kind of got out of my slump because I was depressed mm. for a while. But I got out of that slump, and I was like, I got nothing better to be doing. Yeah. What else do I have to do? What, am I going to just lay here and fucking sleep for mm-hmm. six more hours? Like, fuck that. I can get up and go make $400, you know? Mm-hmm. And it might not be much, but hey. If I'm, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to get by, pay my bills, have a little extra to you know, buy a steak, you know, grill out. I'm not asking for a killing. I just want to earn a living, a fair wage, you know, an honest day's work. Like I'll go do it. I'll go work. You know, your ten, twelve hour days. I'll do it. Not even days, nights. I'll work night shift, ten, twelve hours. Just make it worth my time at the very least. Let me not have to stress when I get home about how I'm going to pay my bill next month on mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like, let me get by. I'm not asking for an arm and a leg. <laughs> That's all the union has ever, I mean, have ever asked for all along. Yeah. And they're not allowed to. Like I said, we can't just come out 
man, say just because reunion, like if the, a, a small shop unionizes, don't mean you're going to get UAW wages. Uh, right. Well, right out, it, it's got to be balanced towards what profit you make for that company, what wage they ask for, and prevailing wage in the area. All that takes into a factor what they're allowed to ask for. And so they're not asking for too much, believe me. <laughs> well, I mean, some, if it. And nobody's the, nobody's the owner here's can't my buy whole a thing. second Any, yacht. But. Anybody that works in a factory union or not, you're not getting rich mm. off of working in a factory. Yeah. You can make some decent money. You can get by. But you're not getting rich by any sense of the need. The only ones that have were the ones that maybe work their ass off. Work every bit of overtime. To fund them going out and starting their own business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like Weiler's that Weiler's uh, Superior Machine and Albia were both uh, people. I mean, granted, they were like engineers and stuff. They weren't the low workers, but uh, you know, they went and started their own shops. Yeah. But there was a guy. And a big part of his business initially was the tarp covers that they put on the directional borers at Vermeer. Uh, but oh, what was the name? Whatever. Custom covers in Albion now. To where, he's not rich, but he's doing better than he was at Vermeer. And he's just got, you know, he's his own boss now. Yeah. But he well, went that's, out. That's the thing, like, with union contracts. Like I said, we're not asking for an arm mm-hmm. and a leg, but we're just asking for fair wages. And then, you know, a benefit of working just like John Deere, for instance, is they do offer you quite a bit of overtime if you want it. Oh, yeah. It is there. Like, they – I think contractually they have to offer you so much or something. No, it has to be equal. Yeah. No, they're only bound to a – But I'm saying, like, if you want – if you want to go in and make $85,000 one year, you can. But, I mean, you're going to live there. Every week, every month, for a but, whole year, like you're gonna live in that place ten, yeah. twelve hour days, six days. Like you can you can make that money, but it's it's not just given mm-hmm. to you. I mean, yeah, they, it's just. But uh, I mean, that's the, what the opportunity to make money is there if you really want it. Yeah. No, you're only guaranteed. You're well, kind of your forty hours and stuff. It's by. They have to offer so many hours a week, and I think they have to offer, you know, they can't call you in for less than four hours. Uh, different things, but no, just the overtime just has to be sp- at least offered to mm-hmm. be spread out. You don't got to take it. Yeah. And That's it might not might be something you want to do, where we used to, I mean, I used to see that in the well shop all the time. Oh, I want overtime too, but we don't need your yeah. part. You got to right. go work in the overtime area. Well, well I ain't going to do that. Because, you know, they had some putt-ass gravy job. Well, and it's like, well, then don't go make yeah. that money. I mean, that's then nobody's to blame but you at that point. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you need the money, most of the times, I mean, they'll work with you. They'll be like, okay, yeah, I mean, we could, you want to work gray line? I mean, yeah, I've done it before. Yeah, I'll go work gray line. Oh, yeah. Get in their kit playing for a night, like a little extra money. Well, that's actually not, uh, that's not, 
100% legal on overtime spread, but a lot of the guys were saying they, they're not worried that if it was 100% legal, they just want offered the overtime and willing to go work it. They don't care if it was – because it's supposed to be within your plan well, and all that. Like right and, now they're over, they're offering us eight-hour Saturdays. Well, nobody wants it because they're working mm-hmm. 11 and a half hours all fucking week long. Then the next week, 10 hours all week long. Well, I was there, especially on pack out there. It was about I don't know four or six guys that were the biggest hogs in the plant. But you can make you. I mean, you got to give it to them. I mean, if, if they, they offered sixteen it, hours, they'd money. work it. <laughs> oh yeah. If they offered sixteen hours Saturday, they hadn't worked a minute's overtime all week. They'd work sixteen hours yep. Saturday. I mean, these several guys were that way. It's kind of cool though. Like it's kind of neat to you do work with a variety of different people. <laughs> to you know the people that'll. They'll show up and they do whatever they're scheduled. They'll show up for that. Nothing, not a minute more, you know. But then there's other people that they'll work every fucking hour of overtime, mm. every half hour of overtime you give them because they want to make that fucking money. And, like, you know, I want to buy a boat this year. Well, I'm going to work, you know, the whole fucking year. I'm going to go buy a boat. There's people that are like that. And, I mean, it is kind of diverse in that way to where, like, you can make your living – or you can go a little above and beyond if you want to work, you know. And a lot of it ain't hard. A lot of it you can fucking, you know, boot scoot mm-hmm. boogie around it. <laughs> but yeah, um, another thing that people don't realize about unions is your unions like UAW at John Deere, who will actually stand up ten thousand of at a time and strike. That affects non-union shops mm-hmm. like Vermeer. Why do you think Vermeer pays close to the same wage? Because well, they're forced to. They're forced to compete. If you want to stay in business, yeah. you're going to be forced to compete with John Deere's wages. They know that. Because where John Deere doesn't train welders, but where Vermeer does, and to keep them welders that they spent that money training, you know, granted, to really get a return on that, you know, they need that employee there five or ten years. Well, yeah, if they've been there five or ten, you know, that's an employee you probably want to keep around, but um, just because of what they know about right, uh, just how you run and get that person. But if, you know, I can make $4 an hour more and do the same or less work and better benefits on top of that to go over here, hey, I'm all for capitalism on that. It's like, I'm, I'm here for me. Because that, yep. Whether it's Vermeer, John Deere, or even the UAW, they're there for them. Yep. At the end of the day, they're there for them. So I'm going to look yeah. out for me. Yeah, number one. <laughs> I'm going to yep. look out for me first. Exactly. Yep. But that's what I was saying about, the, mm. uh, you know, your unions – they force non-unions to keep mm. up with wages. So, oh, yeah. I'm like, unions benefit everybody. And they have whether they years. Whether they know it or not. Because, just for instance, my job, John Deere, we went on strike. We fought for higher wages. You know, wages went up. Then the non-unions, like Vermeer, they, they're like, ah, oh, shit. Now we have to give them 5%. And I know people that work there who verified that. They're like, yeah. Right after your strike and you got 10%, Vermeer came out and, oh, they gave us an automatic 5% going into effect this week. I'm like, 
Yeah, I bet they did. They're, they're trying to keep up with – they don't want you to unionize, so they want to get as close to union wages without actually reaching it as possible. And I mean, from a business standpoint, it's smart, but it it would also be frustrating for Vermeer or, you know, Clow or whatever because it's like, well, shit, now we have to give them some sort mm-hmm. of raise and – just to get them to stay at the very least from going and working for your competitor. Yeah. Boy, yeah, and they will. Believe me, they will. Yeah. They, they had it happen. I mean, Vermeer thought they thought they were going to get all them John Deere employees back that went to John Deere that they laid off. And, I mean, some of them, these layoffs were shafts. And then all of a sudden these people weren't coming back. They thought, mm-hmm. oh, but these people come back, and they weren't doing it. They try to say, oh, but we're a family here. Yeah, I got family, and I don't like most of them motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like most of them. That's why I go to work, get the hell away from them, make some money. No <laughs> but, again, like uh, like I was saying, like solidarity in a way, like in a weird, like uh, a bigger way, you are family. Like if you're a union, you are family because – Mm-hmm. I mean, that takes balls to have a union to where it's like we, we the people are going to fucking unite together and we're going to look out for our brothers and sisters and make sure we're all getting f- treated fairly. And we just want fair wages and to be treated equal. You know, like that's not too much mm-hmm. to ask for, but it is. It's so fucking important because if you didn't have that, we, you'd still have child labor in America. Yeah. Well, and it, it is. I mean, where they say the solidarity People don't understand the definition of solidarity. An injury to one is an injury to all. Yep. And they got to understand that it could be a day one employee or the mo- the president of our union. You know, you hurt that person. You're hurting everybody if we let them get away with it. Yeah. Whether it's physically, whether and they it's will. And that's the contract thing about violation. Big, and, that's the thing about big mm-hmm. corporations. They will. If oh, they can yeah. get away with anything, any oh, absolutely. Thing, they will. I promise you they will. But Without a fucking believe doubt. me, I know I've seen it. I've so it's seen like it. you, you ain't you seen need, nothing. You, you need seen construction. Your, <laughs> you need your fucking unions to keep the corporations in check. Like you meet in the middle, and you're just like I said, it, it's not too heavy one way or the other. It's like okay, you're gonna give me a fair wage, you're gonna give me, you know, vacation, health care, and then I'll come work whatever hours you mm-hmm. want me to work, whatever. You know, like it's somewhat fair, but. Without unions, technically, any corporation could do whatever the fuck they want. They can fire yeah. half their workforce, no notice at all, and just be like, hey, guess what? You don't have a job tomorrow. What are you going to do about it? Well, nothing. If you really want to see it, see it on like a, like a mid-sized construction site where the general contractor may or may not... Well, particularly uh, isn't union. It's not their anti. They're not union, but uh, you know you're going to have a hell of a time uh, getting a non-union iron work on a job of any size. That's just something that yeah almost has to be or uh, but the has cool- to have an apprenticeship. But but how much difference it is when they've got at least you know a third. Or more of the contractors uh, are union out there. 
And where they're saying, well, is union so expensive? They're bidding the same money the non-union are, and they're getting the bid. Part of what they get it also is their work record of finishing on time, and we show them, you know, we're going to have a workforce. We only allow a 20% workforce that's not journeyman, that doesn't have four years of, of experience hey, and training. Experience, like... Um, to where, like, you get some of the, you know, the construction of it, where they'll do that. Just anybody comes in, all right, you know, oh, you're a journeyman within a year. And, you know, you've had no training. You know, went on a couple jobs. You no hands-on, real life. Well, you haven't seen the diversity that you will in four years. And they pay attention to that at the union hall where they make them bounce different contractors or different jobs, apprentices, just to get experience in some different things. So where you got experience in precast and setting iron and setting bar joists, you know. It's, yeah. But when the, it's the OSHA stuff that if you get several union contractors on a job, even if, uh, you know, that's a pipe fitter and that's kind of a rival trade, not just, you know, even when they're union, you know, there's a lot of competition between, like, boilermakers, iron workers, and But that's the thing, fitters. like. Your union, uh, bottom line is, your unions are going to give you better workers with more experience. Yeah. Hands down. Well, well, not just that. It's, uh, we'll force, just by our presence there, we'll force a lot of OSHA compliance that wouldn't be there because they know that the union guys yeah. aren't going to stand for it. Yeah. And you can get your we're ass sued. We'll, like if you, we'll call you out on it, you know, even though it's not our trade. We're saying, you're not going to hurt them guys. Yeah. Oh, and them guys aren't going to hurt they me. They deserve to be safe. At well, the they're not going to hurt me, too, because these unsafe practices well, can affect me somewhere yeah. down the line. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Like, that should be the number one thing is safety mm. on anything, you know, and. You know, contracts and union contracts, they force you to comply with it. Like, mm. you're going to give me a safe working environment. I'm not going to risk my life. I'm not going to risk my, you know, my fingers and my hand. Like, you're going to make sure mm. that it's safe. And if you don't mm. abide by that, I can sue you. So they're going to make damn sure everything they do is safe. They don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do we get screw offs to do it? Do we get contractors that. Well, ah, you don't got to worry about that. But on the union side, all right, fine, that contractor lays me off because I say, screw that, you're going to supply this or we're going to do it this way. Like a big one that I, I know for a fact that like two jobs, that was why within a week all of a sudden I'm getting a one-man layoff because I refuse to use a JLG as a crane. And then on one of the jobs, we had just had a paid day. The contractor gave us a day that they paid us eight hours to go in, take these certifications and have these safety seminars and all that. And, you know, feed us lunch and say, this is your reward for working safe and all that. And then a week later, you know, I got a general foreman from that. They'll be used JLG as a forklift or I mean as a, as a crane as I ain't going to do it. They're not designed for it. That's not what we're doing. I mean, I, you just paid me to go take the, the JLG recertification class that says you don't use it as a crane. You know, everything has to be in the basket. Yep. We're not hanging stuff from the basket and trying to set iron with it. <laughs> <clears throat> so here's another topic uh, relating to unions is back in the day, you literally had child labor 
and you had where your companies could work you as much as they wanted to. Oh. And if you didn't want to work, well, then don't. You know, they'll work into the ground. But child labor? Railroad. People don't, people don't understand child labor was a huge part of corporation work. And that's, oh, oh. Well, you know, capitalism helped build America. Yeah, but it, it also took advantage of black people, children, you know, you fucking name it. The railroads used to have a job. And unions, like, they, they brought in, like, laws against child workforces mm-hmm. to where in China, you know, you, you like wearing Nikes or Adidas or whatever, but a major part of their workforce is child labor, teenage Prison workers. workers. Yeah, yeah, literally, where they have <sighs> nets outside of the building because the people are jumping out of the windows, they want to kill themselves, and they can't. They're getting caught in the nets. That ain't no fucking joke. That's a fact. No, it it absolutely. And that was America before unions. Only they'd let you jump back then. They just find that, well, uh, I know there was a job um, back in the day, the railroads, that you were guaranteed to lose your hand. It was something to deal with when they buckled the train cars. But they were doing this, like, while they were in motion and stuff. Where they had to pull and take that pin out that buckled mm-hmm. the train cars together. And you were about guaranteed to lose your hand. Yeah. At and some point, they yeah. didn't even pay your hospital bills. Yeah. They just sent you down the road. Yep. But they were, just, the they were paying a little more for that job than others. And so that's where they were saying, hey, we're paying them more to take the risk. We're paying that job 15% more than whatever. Mm-hmm. And there were people that were taking them because they needed yeah. money and where they didn't have the protection to where they mm-hmm. couldn't get taken advantage of. The but where. before unions, that didn't exist. Like, they just mm-hmm. did it. They had no laws. Mm-hmm. They, they're just like, hey, you don't want to fucking work your ass into a grave? Well, they Move didn't have along. the worker subpart R, you know, where they're mandated by law to protect your... Uh, to have training programs on on recognizable hazards. On, uh, I was going to bring up the uh, the Battle of Blair Mountain. Mm. I don't know. Like, most people haven't heard of it. Look I, it up. The, the Battle of Blair Mountain. And the UM, it's the United Mine Workers of America. It's a union. It's still in effect today. Not as strong as it once was, but. That was the, the first union. Yeah, that's the rednecks. They would tie a red bandana around their neck to show solidarity. Like, hey, I'm one of you. Like, don't kill me. And they actually went to battle with the fucking government. They had. And they fought and died for workers' rights and union rights. Like, and not only them, they're just, the, you know, 100 years There were example. several. The word, uh, yeah. There were several but coal mine strikes. They were they were fighting for like they're like children are not going to fucking work in these mines anymore. But you know what the and they fought and died for like people don't realize the price that was paid. The word, unions were so fucking important to well, where they would fight and die. Where for they each would other. take the people away from the the housing if they were found to be a union sympathizer or active, and they would move them to these tent camps and these. Uh, there were more than one. They'd bring in Pinkertons and stuff to come shoot them up and everything. The yeah. where they were killing women and children yeah. over it. The where they've caused several revolution revolts to where even the locals that weren't miners said, you're not going to kill women and children. They joined the fight, and every single time the government came in and put the strikers down, never mm-hmm. the company. 
But do you know what the main thing the mine workers were asking for? The 40-hour work week and to be paid in money, not company script. That yeah. had to be used at the company store. Company script, it was fake currency. It was like you can it only, only use, use it at the company yeah, store. At your store. Oh, you you need a new pair of boots? Use your company script. Go buy boots but, from know, us. You know, yeah, like, the $50 boots are $130. Yeah. And the where they <laughs> that was the main thing they were asking for. The yep. 40 hour work week to where if we gotta work more than forty, and they were working seven, twelve, fourteen, but they were saying to go above forty, we gotta be paid something more. And to be paid in cash, not yep. company script. Yeah. That was their main mm-hmm. demand that the companies were willing to kill women and children over. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's capitalism there. Yep. I mean, that's capitalism. Yeah, that's we're going to we're going to kill women and children, not but pay morals, you. Yeah, that's capitalism in the truest form. They actually pay is you. to make the highest dollar with the least morals. Because you're actually, on company script, you're not actually being paid. You're... In a barter exchange. Because uh, I'm not going and buying my... Buying my... Uh, it's indentured servitude. House, uh, you know. Yeah. But it's strictly barter. It's truly not payment. Because yeah. I don't want your bananas. I want these better bananas down the road. Or here's, here's an example I know of that that still goes on even today is JBS. I worked over there, and I mean, I guess it's fair. Like, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's an example of like modern day. You could uh, go to the cafeteria, and they have all this fried food, fresh mm. cooked food, this that. Like, you can eat as much food as you want, and you can. When you go to the checkout, they just deduct it from your paycheck. Mm. Well, it's kind of the same concept, which I'm not saying that, that is fair. I mean, if you, hey. You oh, want that's not, but you don't have to. Right. I can rather, I can take that yeah. money and I can go right. order out. But it's like I the can, modern like, version of the well, same thing. But it's I mean, like, it is, it's not really <laughs> a barter. You know, because you have a choice there. Yeah. It's not the only food I'm being offered. Right. I'm being offered money. Right. It's just no more than if you paid them. If I open my wallet and took fifteen dollars out to pay for that food, versus I could just have it right out of my paycheck. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's a, your choice, but yeah. But it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like that concept. Mm-hmm. Times like you don't have a choice. Where, like back in the day, it's where, like yeah, where if you're I gonna, feel your yeah. food's too high priced, I can bring my own. I can order. You know, I can have my wife bring it and I meet me at the door. You know, I can order a pizza, whatever. I mean, maybe you don't have time on your half hour to really go somewhere up, but you do have time to pack your own lunch where if I want to bring a steak from me that I bought versus yeah. I got to take a break. All right. No problem, man. I got poopy. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that's a big deal, though, honestly, that people don't, don't really pay attention to is the uh, your union – your union shops and stuff, your union uh, union corporations, they affect the the non union corporations, you know. Like FedEx, it's a it's a it's a non union. It's good wages, good health care, but they're forced to keep up with the union places that actually put it in contract, put it in writing. 
to where those workers, you know, they, they put their livelihoods on the line. They risk, hey, every so many years, I might have to go on strike and I might have to fight again for these rights and I might have to do without money. Like, But if it benefits everybody overall, it's worth it in my eyes. And I, I mean, I really am. I'm a, I'm a proud union worker and I don't think I could ever work again for a non-union place because I know the importance of unions and it's huge. It benefits all of us, whether you know it or not. You know. But I'll probably leave it there for this week. You know, we're just kind of winging it. Didn't have my co-host, but I brought my my dad in, and he actually is very wise with unions and union work. He's done a lot of it in a lot of different states and a lot of different jobs. But he does understand the importance of unions more so than me, for sure. I know that, but um, yeah, we'll leave it there for now. And tune in next week for another episode of Club 28. God bless you.